When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are the unsportsmanlike team, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio, and we are fortunate enough to be in for Greeny today. CeCe's dancing already. That's what up, you know though? It's good. What That's up, though? That's when you know it's good. Absolutely. Dancing around. It's a football Friday, right? Football Friday. Team should be in midseason form. We got the NBA popping, NHL going. We got it all. World Series on deck tonight, game one. I mean, man, this is the best time in sports. I and love that you took it that it's a football Friday, and I'm like, it's Beyonce. How do we not dance to oh, the yeah, Queen? That, that, that part, too. That yeah. part, too. That's a real thing. Uh, we did have Thursday Night Football last night, and the Buffalo Bills did what they were supposed to do and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24-18. They did it in a way that was, I don't know, not the most dominant performance, to say the least. A Hail Mary at the end, which uh, a ball that no one touched that Baker Mayfield threw that we saw potentially right in front of Chris Godwin, the receiver for the Bucks, that could have potentially given that victory to the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road at Buffalo. They had to win at CC. They're five and three now. But do you watch that game last night and think, boy, I'm watching a contender? No, they're a pretender. Nothing for me has materially changed with the Buffalo Bills. Coming into week eight, they had huge question marks about whether or not they could realize the expectations that they had as a team at the outset of this season. And, yeah, I, I'm not impressed with what they did. Now, were there elements of it that were positives? Absolutely. I thought it was smart for Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott to implement the up-tempo offense, a little bit of no huddle early on, that first drive, play with pace, allow Josh Allen not to do so much thinking post-snap. They did that. When you have the up-tempo offense, it standardizes the defense, so it gives you more vanilla looks. So at the, at the line of scrimmage, Josh Allen has a clean picture, knows what he wants to do with the football before the ball is even snapped. We saw last night he had the fastest average snap-to-throw time of any game he's ever played in in his NFL career. I think that was a product of the game plan and them trying to minimize opportunities that Josh has to freestyle and thereby make mistakes. So I thought that was smart by them. But that being said, we still saw Josh Allen make a mistake. We still saw him throw the interception in the second quarter that led to a touchdown for the Tampa Bay Bucks. We saw them at the goal line inexplicably on fourth and one decide to hand the ball off to Latavius Murray rather than using your 6'5", 250-pound quarterback on a brotherly shove or a tush push to try to get a touchdown. And the worst part about that decision, Ev, is that on the very next offensive possession, you use the quarterback sneak to convert for a first down and extend the drive. If you're going to use the QB sneak in the field, why not use it at the goal line when it's for points? Makes no sense. Then fast forward to the fourth quarter, you got a third and two, you run Latavius Murray rather than using a quarterback design run. Again, Josh Allen is 250 pounds. I get that you don't want to run him all over the place all the time. 
but take advantage of it in that situation. Use your quarterback as a runner. He's actually good at it. And the thing that I know is that you used him as a runner on the first drive when you had a designed quarterback draw. Again, the decisions from the coaching staff are maddening. The decisions from the quarterback at times are maddening, and that's what makes it hard to trust this team. They played with their food last night with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They had a two-touchdown lead in that fourth quarter, and Smalls, that game shouldn't have come down to a Hail Mary at the end. It shouldn't have been that close. Is it fair to say that you think that they're a playoff team, not a Super Bowl contender? No. You don't think they're a playoff no, team? No, that's not fair to say at all. That's not fair to say at all. They have the sixth hardest remaining strength of schedule. Right now, they're, they're, to me, they're a middling team. They're middling. We have to see. There, there are 10 teams in the AFC, 10, that are 500 or better. 10. Mm. There are only seven playoff spots. So when we start talking about teams you trust in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills ain't at the top of the list. I, I get that they, they, they're 4-0 and at home, but you're talking about a team that's 1-3 and on the road, if you include the London game as a road game. So I, I can't trust that this team can go on the road and win football games. So I don't know if I can have any confidence that they can win enough games to get into the playoffs. And if they do, it would likely be a wild card spot because of the Miami Dolphins being at the top of the AFC East. If they do get in the playoffs, what are we talking about with their season? Do you trust this team to beat a competent football team in postseason football on the road? I don't, and that's the lens that I view the Buffalo Bills through. It ain't about regular season success. They've won this division four years in a row. It's about what they do once we get to the postseason and how they position themselves in the regular season in terms into that end. I don't trust what I'm seeing from them in the regular season. And even if they get into the playoffs, I I don't think that this is a team that you can count on. It's interesting that you say that because I still don't know what to make out of this team because I'm I'm looking at them and they're winning games, but it's it's an unimpressive fashion like we saw last night. Yet I'm seeing some positive trends. The offense has been coming out a little bit sluggish, so they attacked that last night. Josh Allen has been going with what he's dubbing the low positive approach because he wants to try to harness his emotions, which hopefully uh, results in better decision-making. And while they did have success doing that early in games last night, we still see the mistakes. We still see the what-do-you-do-in moments from Josh Allen. And, and looking at the wins that they've had, Miami's the one that you really circle. Like, wow, they beat the Dolphins in this high – the Dolphins and this high-powered offense as I merge those two words together. But then you have questions about the Dolphins. You don't know how much of a quality win that is. So I'm lo- I wonder if some of the the feelings that I have about the Buffalo Bills are because so much of their personnel is in place from teams that have done it in the past, that have been able to be a playoff team and have some modicum of success in the playoffs. Well, when you look at the Bills' remaining schedule, okay, at the Bengals, Broncos, Jets, at the Eagles and at the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks, Cowboys at home, at the Chargers, Patriots, which for a lot of teams is easy, not for the Bills, at the Dolphins. That is not an easy remaining schedule. And up until this point, I think one of the things you could say about the Bills is their wins have come because of the team they're playing. And not necessarily because of the way that they've been playing. And the turnovers are out of control. Every game, Josh Allen basically turns the ball over. You have to almost anticipate at this point that he is going to turn the ball over. And so let's play a little game here. Blank is who I would take over the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to give you a team and you tell me whether or not in the AFC you would take them (laughs) over the Buffalo Bills. All right, so here we go. The Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's an obvious one, right? No brainer. Okay. Kansas City Chiefs, definitely you would take over them. Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes. Yes. Houston Texans? No. No. Baltimore Ravens? Yes. Yes. Bengals? Yes. Yes. Browns? Yes. Steelers? Mm, I don't know about the Browns. Can't trust the Browns. The entire AFC North, CC would take. Everyone but the Browns, Smalls would take. I don't know about you said the Steelers too? Yeah. Mm, 
I might go Bills on that one. I mean, I know they were college teammates, but the coaching disparity between uh, Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin is enormous. Mike Tomlin is ten times better the coach. Yeah, than the Sean gap McDermott there is, is like the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it's yeah. it's enormous. Yeah. Um, Dolphins. I know they beat the Dolphins. Yeah. I take the Dolphins. Yeah, take okay. The Dolphins. So based on CC, you have let's see, you have seven teams. I think yeah. you would take over yeah. them, which means they're out of the playoffs. That the Buffalo Bills, despite the win last night, what Chris Canty is saying, 11-year NFL vet, is that the Buffalo Bills are closer to not making the playoffs than they are being contenders. Well, by virtue of the AFC North, every team in that division ain't going to make the playoffs. But here's the thing. Right now, the way the teams are trending, I got more confidence in the Jets than I do the Bills. Wow. I got more confidence. Oh, I didn't even the, ask about the Jets. I got more confidence in the Jets than I do the Bills because at least I can say that the Jets are trending in a direction that's going to lead to success. They have an identity on that football team. They have a really good defense. Let's not forget, two weeks ago, the New York Jets beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and then the Eagles ran roughshod over the Miami Dolphins, who lead the AFC East. Now, I'm not going to go with the six degrees of separation. Oh, because this team beat that team, that means they're automatically better than this team. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is I feel more confident in a signature win in the identity that the Jets have shown throughout the first six games of the season than I have from the Bills and what they've shown. But so much of that is predicated on Zach Wilson continuing to be the guy we've saw, seen over, what, the past three games? Yeah. And I just don't know if I can go there just yet. Even though I really think their defense is outstanding, if Zach Wilson regresses in any way, are the Jets going to be able to figure it out? All Zach Wilson needs to do is not turn the football over. And I think he showed that in the game against the Eagles. If he can avoid those consequential mistakes at inopportune times, then this team going to win a lot of football games. Okay, so that actually leads us perfectly into into the next part of this, and this is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. You normally hear us on Sportsmanlike weekdays, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern here on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny today. What's more important, a quarterback making plays or a quarterback not making mistakes? When you have a defense as good as the Bills defense or as good as the Jets defense, don't make the mistakes, especially in the regular season. Now, once we get to the postseason – there will be times where your quarterback has got to make some plays. You need a quarterback to make a handful of special throws every game once you start talking about quality competition. So in a game like Sunday night between the Eagles and the Miami Dolphins, you saw Jalen Hurts make some special throws. That's what you need. You're going to have to have that. Remember Jalen Hurts on, I think it was the fourth down, and he scrambles out and yep. he throws a touchdown to A.J. Brown? That's a Jalen Hurts special play, mm-hmm. right? You need your quarterback to do some of those things against good teams. You shouldn't need your quarterback to do those things against the Tampa Bay Bucks in a short week. You shouldn't. So you shouldn't I, need your quarterback to do those things against the New England Patriots on the road. You shouldn't need that. And yet Josh Allen is insistent on trying to make those plays, and oftentimes they end up resulting in big plays for the other team. CeCe, if I gave you this choice, you're a head coach. You have a blind stat line that you have to pick. You could either have, And you have a good defense. You could either have your quarterback have no touchdowns and no interceptions in a game or two touchdowns and one interception. Which one do you want? And I have a blind defense? No, no. (laughs) What? What are we no, saying? I'm saying what's happening. I'm saying it's. I'm just giving you yeah, the like stat neither, line because the right? defense isn't. Well, that would be hard. We got right? Stevie Wonder, <laughs> Helen Keller, player linebacker. What are we? What are we doing? <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, I don't think I said that, but if I did say that, that's amazing. Okay. What I'm saying to you is, I'm giving you the stat line, but I'm not giving you the quarterback, right? Okay. So I'm, it's it's a. Here's what it is. We're off the rails. You have you have a good you have an A level defense. Okay. You have a quarterback now. You could position that person onto the field, and he is going to give you one of two stat lines, either zero touchdowns and zero picks or two touchdowns and one pick. 
Which stat line would you rather have? Zero touchdowns, zero picks. So the stat line that Josh Allen consistently has is actually worse if you have a good defense than the stat line that Zach Wilson has. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Because you brought up this point earlier. Has Josh Allen at any point in his NFL career gone three consecutive games without a turnover? He's never gone two. He's never gone two consecutive games without I'm a turnover. I'm pretty sure about that. Wow. Pretty sure he's never what? gone two. How can Maybe you trust I'm wrong. Smalls, but- how can you trust that? You can. How can you trust that? If my quarterback can't play a month of turnover free football, how can you touch that? The thing with Josh Allen is you know that he's capable of giving you a big play and putting you in a position to win, but that he might also be the reason why you're not in a position but to here's win. The and thing. that's a, a tough pill to swallow. No doubt, Smalls. And here's the thing. For as great a quarterback or as great a quarterback talent as he is, mm-hmm. sometimes he has a hard time making the routine plays look routine. That's, that's the frustrating part about it. I get that he's got this super high ceiling, but he's also got this really low floor with all of the turnovers. Last year, he had 23 turnovers in 18 games. Remember, they didn't even count the game against the Bengals because of what happened to DeMar Hamlin. That's a good point. So think about it. Like, 23 turnovers in 18 games and seven of those turnovers in the red zones. He's thrown an interception in four straight games. How can you trust anything that this Bills team is going to do when your quarterback is making those types of mistakes and the head coach, by, I guess, action or inaction, continues to allow him to make them? All right, hashtag crew has something. Cam Bubba in Bristol. Okay, what happened here? Did I say you have a blind (laughs) defense, or what happened exactly here? No, you were setting up the two stat lines that you wanted Canty to compare, and you say if you're a head coach and you had – Two blind stat lines, like you don't know who, what quarterback it is, and a good defense, which stat line would you want? And then you listed the stat lines. So can't he merge those two together into blind defense? Ray Charles is playing safety. Blind he, goes, he goes, blind I have stat blind line good defense. What? And, and nobody is making fun of blind def nothing. But, but for football specifically, blind is not a, an advantage. No. Uh, other points in life, hearing, senses, etc. Yeah. But CeCe thought I just said, if your defense is blind, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going, man. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. You were going. If your defense is blind, could they produce a turnover by Josh Allen? Probably. <laughs> they can run into one with Josh Allen. We could have a blind defense, and they could potentially have an interception. <laughs> they get a takeaway from the, build, from the Bills <laughs> offense. Takeaway from the Bills. Oh, man. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speaker as well. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can join the conversation about that blind defense at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Coming up, old faces, new places in the NBA. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Lillard, step back three, on the way. Got it! Damian Lillard, welcome to the Cream City. I came in knowing what was expected of me, you know, when these type of situations came, and that's, that's what I'm here to do. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM80 on your smart speaker. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Smalls is out. She left. She's too cool for us. Along with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Unsportsmanlike crew in today. You normally hear us 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time, and we are fortunate enough to be joined now. Alan Hahn, Barton Hahn, 98.7 in New York, noon until 3 Eastern time, MSG, Knicks, Coverage, as well as all of the ESPN television shows like Get Up This Morning, doing all of the NBA stuff. Let's talk about Dame Lillard first. Mm. He's good. He's good at basketball. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah, that told he, He's good. That's a take. Yes, that is a take. One of the interesting things that I think that has been out there is that it's traditional. The, the duo is more traditional in terms of a small and a big right. than we've seen maybe other duos around the NBA. Do you agree with that? And do you think that actually matters? Yeah, I think it does matter, especially in pick and roll generation that we're in right now, having the dynamic big and then ha- having the, the, the just incredibly talented guard and them knowing how to play off each other. The great example is I was talking to Kendrick Perkins about this is when you consider what the Sixers were at their best last year with James Harden and Joel Embiid. I mean, that's why Joel Embiid was an MVP. It was because of James Harden. It was because of so much focus you had to put on him in the pick-and-roll situation that Embiid was able to eat. And I think that dynamic is what works best. And what you saw last night was not only those two together on the floor, but what I loved is how Adrian Griffin – and you recognize, right, new player, new team, new city, but you're a star, but you're joining another star, and that's an awkward place, you know, Wade and LeBron talked about this in the beginning of their time. When LeBron got there, it was too much deferred. Like, am I the man? Are you the man? Like, I'm used to being the man, but this is your house. And I think what what Griffin did at the start was say, let's stagger it. So starting lineup, fine. Giannis, come to the bench. Dame, your show. And it helped him. He said that after the game. They were all telling him, yo, green light, man. This is your show. Go. Take this. And he said it helped me get comfortable. It took a minute when he hit that first shot. You saw it in his face. It was like, okay, like that's one. And now he knew he could go from there. And that, I think, was important to set. And then at the end, everybody knows, whether it's Pacific time, whether it's Central time, CC, it's always Dame time. Dame time. And and that's what we saw, and that's why he's there. Because Giannis is great at a lot of things, except free throws, but (laughs) he's not a closer. That game, 17 of 17. Yeah. Sons, but, but I'm saying. One game, though. One game. Singular. Right. And that, that's the one that mattered. Yeah. But he's not a closer. They got a closer now, and they look like a team that's almost, I mean, they are going to be really tough to beat. Yeah, that three-pointer by Dane with a minute 15 to go, that felt like the nail in the coffin yeah. in that matchup. But for the other team that was on the court against the Bucks last night, the headline was about somebody that wasn't playing, and that being James.
James Harden. Mm -hmm. The NBA is looking into what's going on with James Harden, the fact that he wasn't a part of opening night and him not being on the court violating the the policies that they implemented this offseason. Just out of curiosity, if you're the front office, if you're Elton Brander, if you're Nick Nurse, the head coach, like how, how do you handle this situation with James Harden moving forward? The only thing that the Sixers owe James Harden is money. They owe him nothing else. He picked up the option. Yes. They didn't. You know, they don't want him, clearly. They owe him only money. And what you saw last night was a team that plays faster. Tyrese Maxey is a player that you think can start to emerge out of the shadow of having to play next to Harden. Put the ball in his hand, see what he can do. How did it look last night? Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. So I think when you have a new coach, so there's no relationship, right? It's a new coach. you got to let that new coach figure out what his team is, and he hasn't had them all preseason. So leave it alone. Don't mess with this. The Sixers looked like a really competitive team. And in the East, if you're not the Celtics and Bucks, you're trying to be three through six. There's a lot of teams that can claim that. The Sixers are one of them. And that's all you want right now. Just calm the waters and let Tyrese Maxey grow into this role that you drafted him to be. How big was the addition for Kelly Oubre Jr. with the Sixers? It was good for one night. It was, it was good, good for, for yeah. Like, like I, I think with him, you're going to get a lot of games. You'll get games like this where he's on fire and he loves to pose and he loves to preen. I mean, this is what he does. Like he he can have good games, but then his mood swings are incredible because he'll also miss a couple of shots and then suddenly he'll just see the frown on his face. Like he wears it. So you can't expect to get that every night, but he can get 20 a night in the NBA. He's proven it on bad teams. What he's right. got to prove is he can do it consistently on a good team. Well, and that's the thing with Kelly Oubre. I talk with Alan Hahn, Barton Hahn, of course, noon until 3 Eastern time, 98.7 ESPN New York, MSG Networks as well. And you saw him on Get Up this morning. That's the thing with Oubre. It's like when he was on with the Warriors, he was a disaster. But on the Hornets, he can get you 20 a game as long as you don't have to rely on him. But you said something right. that, is, that is so dead on and so interesting now with an alteration because of league rules. You said that the only responsibility that the Sixers have is to pay him, right? Yep. A contract in the NBA or in the NFL, talks about paying a player. It does not talk about playing a, pe- a player. Yes. But now, your responsibility is actually to report back to the league as to why you're not playing it's that It's easy. Player. Here's why he's not playing. He wasn't here. He went away for 10 days. You can call it contract con- uh, conduct detrimental, or you could just say, he's out of shape. He's got to play his way into shape, and he's not ready yet. And we don't. And we'll let you know when he's ready. It's not like he's been in camp the whole time and he's been playing the whole time and now we're just going to sit him or now he wants to rest. That's not what load the, – the, the PPP rules don't involve a player who isn't available. When you're not available, you don't play. So I don't think they're, they're breaking any rules here. He left for, for two, a week and a half. Their excuse is he didn't play in the preseason. He was away from the team. So we don't deem him ready to play. And that's why he's not playing. Simple explanation. Well, let's switch gears and go to the Lakers' Suns last night. My team finally gets on the board with a win. Yep. You know, I'm a big Lakers fan. I was a little bit worried after what I saw a couple of nights ago against the Denver Nuggets. But I digress. Last night's game, I guess the highlight was a guy that wasn't playing as well, Devin Booker, not on the floor after dropping 38 in the first game. What do you make of that? What do you make of this load management this early in the season? Yeah, that, see, again, now, now we're on that conversation about the Suns. Who, games on TNT, national television. And that's what this is all about. We're a league of stars. We push the stars. Teams are chasing stars. They build super teams. This is why they are on a national network. And then you find out one of the three can play, the other two can't. 
And Beal even was saying he missed the opener because he thought the back's bothering him. Maybe I can play by Thursday. So, okay, good. We'll get to see you sooner rather than later. We haven't seen what this Suns team can be. That's maddening. That's the stuff I think that's the problem. Devin Booker had a foot injury. It didn't really seem to hurt him at the end of no. that. Right? <laughs> no. Did it, did it hurt him on opening no. night in Golden no. State? Because no. I didn't see it hurting no. him. On a, Not at so, all. So could he have played if this was game six of, the, of a playoff series? Of course. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. But this is game two of an 82-game season, and he has the option to say, my foot hurts. And the league can't say your foot, does, your foot doesn't hurt. Right? right? It, oh, it hurts, so I can't play. And that's your way around the player, uh, the, the PPP rule. And, Alan, that, that is the whole thing that's so uncomfortable about this. CC talks all the time about the idea of sports lies. That's going to happen constantly. There are going to be injuries that are made up with this. And the 65-game threshold that we're talking about here to get the, the all-NBA teams, the awards, Easy to attain. But it also doesn't matter for the guys who have already attained it. That's it true matters too. for the future. Yeah, it's the, it's the next max. It matters guys. for Wembenyama. It yep. doesn't matter for Devin Booker. He's already maxed out. Yep. So what discouragement do we actually have here? Nothing. No, this is all they can do is they can just try to find reasons. I think it's like shaming, publicly shaming them. We had to make a rule. Like I, this is where I think where the NBA drives me crazy. We have to make rules to get you to play. Like think about that. They had to make a play-in game, a play-in tournament to make it to make it valuable to make the playoffs. And the Dallas Mavericks still said no. (laughs) Wait, wait, I got more. We have to create a tournament inside our season (laughs) to make our season more important. To pay you more than we're already paying you. Think about that. Everything the NBA is doing is almost like, what else do we need to do to make you want to play? That's shaming players, especially star players. But – it's not just on them. It's on the teams that have allowed this. You always use this for I love it. I steal all your stuff, CeCe. <laughs> You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. No doubt. That is the mentality in the NBA when it comes to players sitting out, resting, all that stuff. Once we started to allow it, it's either you are teaching it or you're allowing it to happen, and you've allowed it to happen for too long. It's become part of the culture, and now they are in a tough, tough position just to get guys to want to play. Uh, go ahead. The, the science also doesn't prove to have worked. Joe Dumar said that, yeah. Right. The science does not actually have – there's no example of it actually working. And I understand CC and I have gone back and forth on this, but Tim Legler always says it all the time, ESPN NBA analyst. The idea that the load management, if the science works for any uh, amount of weight that you're carrying as an NBA player, regardless of what the weight is, why don't we have role players sit out? Why does Kevon Looney not sit out? Because mm-hmm. you cannot sit here and tell me. Because Kevon Looney can't afford to sit out. That, <laughs> well, that, that part. But you yeah, can't tell me the wear and tear in his body is not great. He plays every game oh, for the just Warriors. Oh, it's not as important. But that's the thing. That, well, this si- level said it's not as important. But, Alan, you know it better than anybody. Science doesn't apply to importance. It applies to the science. Oh, I know. But it, the science is also you use it to when you need to use it, right? right? When it works for me. We, we've right. gone through this in this country, of course. But that's just that, – I don't believe in any of it. It's not – in the NFL, Chris, if you don't tackle or get hit for two weeks, three weeks, and then I put you in a game, How's that going to work out when you not have to be, hit or get gonna, hit? It's not going to be great. Right. It's not going to be great. You're build up a callus. Right? Exactly. You, have to, you have to build up the callus. You have to no build doubt. And that's what hard practice, that's what playing on a regular basis, that's what it does. You can load manage by doing this. And now this is where everybody just says, no, you can't. LeBron James, right? Oh, we're going to keep him to 29 minutes a game. Ah! Of course. They had that lasted yeah. one, one, one game. One game. <laughs> when you realize, like, well, we want to win, so let's not do that. But the point is, is that you could play LeBron James in every game. Like, you could have a star start every game, all 82. And then, 
all right, we're in a back-to-back, winnable game. You're going to start you. The crowd will see you. You'll play, but maybe 10 minutes, then you'll sit. Why would a star say, I'm not doing that? Because it affects your numbers. Mm. Because now that's a game played. My average goes down because I'm not going to get to my 25, 28, (laughs) because I'm only playing 10 minutes. So I show face. I'm in the lineup. I get that 82 underneath games played. But now my average is dipping below my normal standards, which I'm held to by stars, by, by, by the media, by fans, and by my contract. So we're not doing that. But that's, how, that's your way around it. it. Play 10 minutes, don't play the whole game, and you're fine. But nobody wants to do it because it affects numbers. It's the same reason, and this drives me crazy, one second to go in a half or a quarter, players don't take a, a heave. Because it affects that's the Mike their, Breen rule. It affects their free uh, their field goal percentage. Yes, it drives me nuts. Yes, that's Mike Breen. Mike Breen will say it every every opportunity at the end of a half. If a player waits, waits, and then the buzzer goes off, and then he chucks it up, Mike's like, you see, he won't shoot it. Or the guy who does the grenade come down the floor. James Harden's great at this. Uh-huh. Shot clock, two, one. Here you go, Chris. You can shoot it. <laughs> you get the turnover. So, you ever watch any of the game when they're, when they're playing out the clock? Yep. A guy will always, with one on the shot clock, pass to some, like to a rookie or a young player, and the young player catches it, and guess who gets the turnover? The, the young <laughs> The young the guy, yeah. Talking with Alan Hahn here on Greeny, along with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Of course, Bar- Barton Hahn, uh, 98.7 ESPN New York, MSG Networks as well. Get up all of the ESPN programming, talking NBA here. Let's talk about something that I don't think either of us have ever seen. CC in a locker room, me just covering sports forever. Um, the Bulls had a players' meeting after one game. How about that? <laughs> How one good game. are the Thunder? That, 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 that Thunder you're, are good. No, they're the going to be very good. But I, I forgot to say this on Get Up too, because I was talking about how the Thunder are going to be the next it team. Like they, they're that they're a really good team. And like, how good are they? That after one game, the Bulls had to have a players-only meeting right after the game because they got it handed to them on their home floor. Opening night on your home floor? Yeah. What are you doing? But what, what are you talking about that you hadn't talked about in training camp in the no, offseason? No. How, how great is it that, that, <laughs> that Billy Donovan did the Homer Simpson into the hedges? Yeah. He walked in, <laughs> and, and he was, was like, what are we doing? No, nah, I'm good. Nah, um, you, you, guys, you guys got this? You got, you got this? And left. I want nothing to do with this because – I already know you need to talk to each other because I don't know what the hell to say to you at this point. Game one. Unbelievable. By the way, you just distracted me, though, because you're bringing up the Thunder and the next it team. The Oak- Hear when I say this because Allen is going to back me up on this. There is not a single superstar in the NBA that if he asks out, the Thunder don't have enough to get. Not one. There but he doesn't not- want to go there. That's different. That's not what I said. I said <laughs> they don't have enough to get. Right. If they were willing to trade Shea Gildas-Alexander – Chet Holmgren, any of their young, any of the Jalen Williamses, and all of their picks, there is not a single superstar in the league yeah. that they could not they acquire. They have all the assets to get whoever, right? But that whoever doesn't want to go there, which is why you do what they're doing or did, which is build through the draft. And, I mean, how, how many different trades have they made for second-round picks? Nobody trades yeah. second-round picks more, more than they do. It's amazing. But it's all with a plan, and that plan now is starting to finally, after all these, you talk about a process, come to fruition. And now it took a year because Holman injured himself. Big guys like that, you knew something was going to go wrong. It usually does. That's why you got to watch Wembanyama. But they do have a team that has a ton of talent. They're young, fun to watch, well-coached. It's a sleepy town, but you can't sleep on that team anymore. You used to be able to go in there and not worry too much about it. They're going to come into your house now and do what they did in Chicago. Get ready for the Thunder. 
Al, I know you're a huge Jets fan, so I can't get, let you get out of here without asking you an AFC East question. Right. You saw the Buffalo Bills last night. Are you back on the Bills bandwagon, or are you still questioning whether or not this team is a contender? No, I, I, well, I don't know about questioning, but I don't see them have that it that they've had in the past. Mm. I just feel like whatever it is, the turnover issue is a big issue. I think that, you know, not having – you can tell me this, Chris – not having Leslie Frazier there – and having your head coach now having to take over that part of it. I mean, how much of that is an impact? Obviously, the Milano loss is huge because you just, you're missing a leader on defense. But on the offensive side of it, Josh Allen, from the start of the season, from the Jet game, from the opening night, he has not looked MVP level. He, is still, he shows you those moments, but he still shows you the mistakes. And that's what makes you question whether or not I would put the Bills in the same tier as, as the Ravens, as the Chiefs, as the better teams in the AFC. I think the division is still up for grabs, Chris, and here's why. The Jets already have a win over the Bills, and they still have to face the Dolphins twice. So more confidence in the Jets or the Bills right now? Oh, I'll have more confidence in the Bills only because the, uh, the demonstrated performance. They've already been there, done that. The Jets have not with their quarterback. This is a young quarterback. So there's always going to be the question at the quarterback position is do they have enough? But is the opportunity there in front of them, shockingly? Yes, it is. It's right there in front of the Jets. The demonstrated performance with Josh Allen is so interesting, though, because it means me as an opposition, I'm going to have the ball that he's going to give to me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the demonstrated performance. You, and as yeah. crazy as it sounds, your quarterback right now, I can't believe I'm saying this, and Zach Wilson, is learning how to not give the ball to the other team. Yeah, just say that part quietly, because we, once you say that out loud with your chest, then you know the next well, game is turnover. hopefully that changes turnover. against Whit Martindale this weekend. And, 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 we got and Jets, here we go. We got Jets and Giants. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Yeah, here Let's we go. go, Big Blue. This, this game means more to which one of you, the Giants guy or the Jets guy? Oh, come on now. You it's know the, the Giants win this game. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme. It's just personal pride and rivalry stuff. It means nothing. The Jets win or lose this game, it means everything. The loss, it brings you right back down to here we go, same old Jets, because opportunity to go over 500 a win you have now just gone over 500 four and three after starting one and three with by the way your starting quarterback out four plays into so that's why this game is astronomically bigger and more important to the Jets than to the Giants did you shout and scream after you beat the Jets at any point is that what I'm hearing here yeah that oh, happened oh, actually oh, oh, yeah, after I got a safety on Mark Sanchez and then Ahmad Bradshaw ran over Brodney Poole their safety for a touchdown yeah there was something that I screamed. Do we yeah. have the sound? Do we have that audio? I don't know that we have that. Oh, we don't I, have I, that can, audio? Can you, can you play that audio no, on I, well, radio? I mean, I, just yeah, I mean it was very G, simple. I just G said, I just said after I got the safety on Mark Sanchez, ball game, we run New York. That's what happened. Because the week up into the game, all you got was chirping from Rex Ryan and your co-host on Barton Hahn. Who? Bart Scott. Oh, right. Saying that this was Mr. Can't the, wait. De- the death match, the loser season <laughs> died. And they just didn't think that they would be on the losing end. I believe Rex also walked off the field when Brandon Jacobs was chirping him. And he said, see you in the Super Bowl? Yeah. No way. Rex yeah. said that? Yes, he did. He yeah, never Rex said this. Like, no, no. He never and, says and, things and Brandon like that. Jacobs responded, shut up, fat boy. He, he did say that, too. That may have been a yeah, little Rex too told far. us that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was that, a great that story. That actually happened, yeah. <laughs> uh, Barton Hahn, yeah. of course, 12 to 3 Eastern time, 98.7 ESPN New York. You get it on the ESPN app. If you're not in New York, make sure you listen to that. MSG Networks, you can watch them on the Knicks broadcast, as well as here, of course, on ESPN with all the NBA coverage. Can't wait to hear them recap the Giants' win on Monday. Can't wait to hear it. You're gonna can't be, wait. Uh, no, I can't my wait. my Bart Scott voice, can't wait. And you'll go wait. on, what, Mondays at 2, right? I do well, go on on Mondays, I mean, that's right. I mean, you know, I think once in a while he comes on Mondays at 2. 
He's scheduled to come on Mondays oh, at really? 2. Yeah. But he always finds something better to do. I freestyled this past Monday, but I came on the show two yeah. days ago. Chris's I excuse. The, I couldn't come on uh-huh. on Monday yeah. because I had errands to run. See what happens. But I made sure to I'm come on. I'm surprised by this. Sure National Network on, guy now. I you made know, sure he's a little to too come big on for the Wednesday. local guys. I was on the show on Wednesday. Yeah. And let's be honest. Wednesday was a bigger day. You guys had a remote. You called in. I did call in. You could have come in. You were in the same city. I what? I was in New York. I get York. it. We didn't I wasn't send you a in car. the same city. I'm sorry. I'm in Rockland County. He's doing the we show. Didn't, we didn't send him a car service. What does he want you know, from me? Again, the big network guy. I totally understand. Very surprised I by this. Forget about the little people. Very surprised by this. Greeny on ESPN <laughs> Radio on the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. CC, if I gave you this choice, you're a head coach. You have a blind stat line that you have to pick, and you have a good defense. You could either have your quarterback have no touchdowns and no interceptions in a game or two touchdowns and one interception. Which one do you want? And I have a blind defense? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> What are we no, saying? I'm saying what's happening. I'm saying it's, I'm just giving you You're the like because the right? defense is in well, That would be hard. We got right? Stevie Wonder and Helen Keller playing linebacker. What are we doing? It is Greeny on ESPN <laughs> Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius oh XM80, and on great. your smart speaker. So good. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, in for Greeny. Hembo is here. Where were you the first 45 minutes? You just ditched us? I mean, Helen catching strays right. today? Yeah, that, that happened. That happened. <laughs> Who was worse there? Do I, open Ray Charles on that one. Do I deserve blame on my setup? Because I'll take it if I deserve it. I just didn't understand how they belonged in the same sentence. Blind stat line with the defense. I just merged the two together. Because I'm sitting here looking at my computer while you're talking to me. I'm trying to figure something out. And then you say those two words. I'm like, wait a minute, blind defense? That doesn't go together. That doesn't work. So that's how that happened. Hembo, you are way smarter than I will ever be. Did that setup make sense or no? I understood what you were saying, but you guys are also like in the midst of an eight-hour radio marathon right now. So I understand you mishearing one item yeah. across those six hours. But CC thought I could project out a blind defense in the NFL and how they would do? But like we said before, quite literally, you could have a blind defense and somehow, some way, they get a takeaway from Josh Allen. And that is why Hembo made his way back over here for the rest of the show because he is not in agreement with our Josh Allen analysis. Why? Uh, yeah, I'm not because I understand that turnovers are bad. And Josh Allen has more of them over the last two years than any quarterback in the NFL. I don't, however, view turnovers as a fatal flaw. Because one of the reasons those happen is because Josh Allen takes so many risks. One of the reasons that Josh Allen takes so many risks is because it's worth doing because he has all the, like, all the skill in the world to be able to make things happen down the field. He also leads the league in touchdowns over the last two seasons and the differential between the two. So I'll say that again. The differential between the number of touchdowns and turnovers that he has is second in the whole league behind only Patrick Mahomes. So I'm good if we want to do the turnovers thing, like Mm -hmm. demonstrate how many turnovers he has and how crippling those are. 
but only if we share the other half of the story, which is he's also pretty valuable himself, the fact that he puts the ball in the end zone. No doubt about it, but I guess my pushback or my criticism about Josh Allen is how does that play when it comes to beating quality competition when it matters the most, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're talking about early postseason exits based on the talent level that this Bills team has had. They've dominated the AFC East, so we don't judge them based on regular season success. It's all about what happens once they get into the tournament. And last year, there's no way you can look at them having home field advantage, having the Cincinnati Bengals rolling into town and losing in the fashion that they did. So I guess that's where the turnovers start to pop up. The guy had 23 turnovers in 18 games last year. And so the mistakes at the most inopportune times is something that, based on previous performance, based on the evidence, the body of work, how could we not then project that that will continue to happen when it matters this season? So let me ask you a question then. So in terms of the value that he adds with all the good, right? Aside from Patrick Mahomes, who's obviously like a a quarterback god at this point, who (laughs) definitively in the league right now would you say you take over Josh Allen, even when you bake the turnovers into the cake? Yeah, I don't know that there is an easy answer to that. Right now, I wouldn't take Josh Allen the way he's playing football. He's got four interceptions in his last three, four games. So that is a problem. But I guess my whole point is mm-hmm. when we have those matchups, because you're going to have to go through Pat Mahomes, you need your quarterback to be the difference in those games. And Josh Allen has proven to be the difference against Pat Mahomes, against Joe Burrow, and not in the positive for the Buffalo Bills. I guess that's, that's the point. That's the lens that we view him to. That's the way that we judge Josh Allen. Well, I would also say this, and numbers would not indicate this, and I know that, Hembo, you could counter this every which way, but in watching him and watching his teammates around him, the hope he gives to the opposition and the despair he gives to his own team, to me, in this case, matters. Because we've seen this stuff with Steph Diggs. For example, mm-hmm. last week against New England, first drive for New England, they, they kick a field goal. First play, he throws an interception. They come back, they score a touchdown. New England had no right to have any hope. They have been horrible no. this year. And he gave them the ball back immediately. So you may say the turnover is not actually going to kill them. In fact, they actually took a lead late in the game, so that would prove your example. I would argue if New England doesn't get out to a 10-0 start, they have no chance of winning that game against Buffalo. So, and, and also, I think he demoralizes his own team at times with his mistakes. I don't know how numbers would factor that in, mm-hmm. but I, I, when I watch him, I think it. And to answer your question, by the way, yeah. obviously Mahomes, you take over. Mm-hmm. I would take Trevor Lawrence over him, and I would take Joe Burrow over him hmm. for sure. I would take Jalen Hurts over him. Like, that's just a start. Yeah, I mean, so we're going to put him in the top half a dozen or so quarterbacks. I think the, the frustration we have with Josh Allen, at least in large part, is that he hasn't experienced a kind of linear growth or progression in areas that we would expect, right? Mm. So Josh Allen exploded. What was it? His first year with Stephon Diggs, right? Yep. And, he, and he cut out so many of the, the deficiencies in his game and amplified so many of the strengths. But the best thing that you could say is he's approximately the same player right now, maybe even a little bit worse in ways, whereas we expect linear growth from quarterbacks. That has not happened. Whereas we've seen Patrick Mahomes and other sort of young, talented quarterbacks improve in the margins in those small ways. It is fair to say that Josh Allen has not done that, and by that standard, he has not met our expectations. Well, when we look at the growth, the growth is supposed to be what? I don't know that we're looking at it relative to touchdown-to-interception ratio. No. We're looking at it in terms of, as CeCe has said all morning here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, he has said the growth begins in January, not in October. Right. So we can deal with him throwing a bad interception mm-hmm. last night. The problem for, I guess, CeCe and I on this argument is we both believe when we get to January, if they're even playing in January, 
that he will turn the ball over in crucial spots. Maybe so. I mean, last year, the reason they lost to Cincinnati was because their defense couldn't get off the field. Yeah. And the year before when they were eliminated, he had one of the great quarterback games of all time. No they doubt. just left 15, no whatever, no 13 seconds left on the clock no against doubt. Kansas City. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I think we're being sort of selective and a little bit arbitrary with our, with our criticism of him. Like, I think if we're gonna, already going to jump to January, we're already admitting that he's a freaking great quarterback if we're saying the regular season doesn't matter at all. And I think the, the evidence, the body of work in the playoffs, if you give him a, a sort of a fair, clean slate, is a little bit more impressive than we're giving him credit for. I, I want you coming up. Give me a historical comp for, for him. I okay. want you to tell me who he is okay. all time. Uh, CeCe's going over to first take now, so you will see him on ESPN. Great job as always today. CC Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on get up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.